Rachel and Natalie and we are the sisters that bring you Insta Mamas the podcast where we talk everything from foster care to adoption to healthy clean living motherhood and and everything everything in between thanks for listening in today's podcast Rachel and I are going to just introduce ourselves talk about our journeys a little bit and just hopefully give you an insight into what our podcast is going to be about I adopted my little girl from the foster care system and I am in the current process of adopting a little girl from India. We both are super involved with the mothers in our community and we just wanted to come together and talk about our new lifestyles as clean eating. I've lost 34 pounds and Natalie has lost 47. In a very short amount of time we have just been um eating real food and I'm on a program called Code Red um, and working with my body in ketosis to lose weight. And I've been doing the ketosis thing too. Uh, Another part of our health journey is finding things in our homes that we can eliminate and reuse and reduce to make this world a better place for our future children Mm -hmm. and a better place today. I have been a foster mom for four years. I have fostered 26 kiddos, and my little girl, when she came to live with us, she came to live with us as an adoptive child. I'm also a single working mom. I'm very active. I love bike riding and hiking and pretty much just spending time with my daughter, who is my world. So on this podcast, you'll get to know us a little bit better, and you'll also get to know moms in our community, moms with backgrounds of homeschooling, moms with backgrounds of traveling internationally and moms of backgrounds with kids with special needs and so we're excited for that and we're hoping you look forward to that yeah this is natalie again um my story is a little bit different i'm her little sister but not (laughs) by much um but uh about almost four years ago uh my husband and i started the adoption process i've wanted to adopt since i was a teenager and um it was plan a for our family we didn't go through any infertility Um, We just knew that we wanted to, there were so many children in the world already we wanted to adopt. And so um, we started adopting in a country called Ethiopia and their government shut down adoptions and it was really sad. It was um, a really hard time for us. But then uh, just through lots of prayer and consideration, we landed on India. And I just know it's a God thing because we were matched with a little girl soon after that. And she is my daughter in every way. It's amazing to think that a child that I've never actually held in my arms is my child. And I'm getting choked up thinking about it. But um, there's lots of really beautiful things that come with foster and adoption. But there's also a lot of heartache and loss. And so we are going to discuss a lot of those things. Um, A little bit more about me. I was diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease when I was 21 years old. And uh, the last several years, my health has just declined. And it's because I was addicted to sugar. I, I was a teacher for the last five years. And I just was eating donuts all the time, never sleeping. And a part of my new lifestyle, and one of the reasons I've lost 47 pounds in the last uh, less than six months, is because I sleep seven to eight hours a night, I drink a gallon of water every day, and I just eat real food. And I, my arthritis feels a lot better. I I feel like I've gotten a new lease on life and it's going to make me a better mom. And I'm really excited for that. Yes. And I 
I guess, I mean, I work in a Montessori school in a fourth, fifth, and sixth grade classroom. Uh, the health issue started for me when I became a mom. I've always been overweight for most of my life. In college, I did a lot of crash diets and would lose a lot of weight and then do the whole yo-yo thing. And I just kind of accepted that I was just going to be a bigger girl. <laughs> um, when I did start becoming a mom and fostering, I took a lot of kids on with special needs. And that caused a lot of the weight gain. And my marriage wasn't the most healthiest <coughs> marriage at the time. I was in a very toxic relationship. And so the weight just piled on. Uh, when I was able to get out of my situation and embrace the single mom momhood, which you would think would cause me to go into a deeper depression and gain more weight, instead it did the opposite. It just jump-started my weight loss and my health and my self-love and my confidence and... Also, when you're a mama of special needs kids, you're running from appointments to appointments. Uh, I've worked with kids who have had autism. I've had kids who have had special needs with their sensory processing. So we've done occupational therapy, physical therapy, all kinds of different therapies. So, I mean, if you have questions about that, you can feel free to even DM us in our Instagram accounts if you have questions about anything like that. Like I said, we're no experts, but we have lived this kind of stuff. But... Mm -hmm. Now our day consists of, instead of just being at the end of the day, coming home from work and tired, our day consists of me calling Natalie up and saying, hey, let's go on a bike ride to the park. <coughs> Sorry, I'm coughing a bunch. Um, yeah, and it's so cool because I'm telling you guys, even three months ago, I couldn't go on a mile-long bike ride. And now, just for fun, I got on my bike and went three miles the other day. I wasn't dying when I got back. Um so the other thing about us you should know is we love to laugh. So it's funny that so many serious things are happening in our life. Autoimmune diseases, traveling the world to adopt a child, like um, divorce, divorce. <laughs> like all these things are pretty like serious topics, but there is not a single hour. I want to say that we don't laugh and just jo joke about life. So I want you to think right now, Rachel, can you think of just a hilarious experience you've had with foster care that just kept you laughing and it's something you even look back now and just just love to think about. oh yeah you cannot go through foster care without laughing of the hilarity of things so i had a little four-year-old boy and a two-year-old girl and a one-year-old boy they were siblings Bless your heart. and they were wild children they were the best children but they were super wild and i had gone to the bathroom because you still have to do that whether you're a mom and you, <laughs> kids need 24-hour supervision and I was literally gone for like seconds I come out of the bathroom my two-year-old is covered from head to toe in that boudoir butt paste and if anyone's ever known that it is thick like so thick and here's this two-year-old running around looking like a ghost covered from head to toe in this white thick cream and her four-year-old brother is just sitting there relaxed sitting in his little recliner chair just watching his sister dance around and I said oh my goodness that is for baby's bottoms and he looks at me and says well it is she did, hers did put it on her butts <laughs> Oh my gosh. And so funny. I have story after story of things that have happened. And like I said, you got to laugh so you don't cry because mm -hmm. there are times when it can get so stressful, but then the kids just breathe life back into you. Mm -hmm. When I became a single mom, 
I felt like my daughter just breathed joy and life back into me and I could just enjoy her and I could be a better mom. I was heartbroken because I said, I'm doing this alone now, but really I'm not. I have a great, I have my sis, I have a great support system Mm -hmm. and she makes us laugh every day. We're always laughing at her. Well, I have a funny story. Um, I have been switching to natural cleaners, especially since my niece is over here all the time and she's about two years old and I'm so afraid of like the chemicals. I mean, I should be afraid of them going into my own body, which I'm, you know, working, learning what's good and what's not. Um, But I've been switching to natural cleaners because I just see her hands touch everything and toddlers put everything in their mouths. It's really gross. But anyways, Mm -hmm. I I had all these little fingerprints all over my back uh, sliding glass door and I spent all this time using my natural cleaners and I really had to scrub because some of those were like really I don't know what was on her hands when she touched it but anyways probably yogurt probably yogurt yeah um she always has yogurt on her somehow but anyways I washed it all off and it looked really great and uh then they came over uh for that afternoon for something and she was eating yogurt um on the back porch and I looked at her through the window and she looked at me and she had yogurt all over her hand and I was you know shaking my head no don't you do it and she took her yogurty hand and slapped it across the glass and just <laughs> drug it across with like she wasn't smiling she just had the like straightest face like what are you gonna do about it what are you gonna do about it auntie and I was like oh my gosh so anyways but the nice thing about it then she proceeded to put her face and lick it and stuff but I felt good about what was on that window because I knew it wasn't gonna make her sick or anything but it just cracks me up children have to humble you Um, They have to uh, allow your house to be a little messier maybe than you're more comfortable with. And uh, your heart has to be open, too. I mean, it hurts sometimes when I think about how hard it is to become a mom, whether you're struggling with infertility or even if you're just tried on your first time and had a baby. Every way you do it is difficult. And adoption is no different. It is beautiful. It's exciting. I get to think about my gorgeous little girl all the time, but I also have to think about right now she's being raised in an orphanage and uh, I have to wait for a government to tell me it's okay to come and meet my child. And it's hard. And maybe Rachel wants to talk a little bit about um, some of the the struggles with foster care too. Well, even with... If you're birthing a baby biologically, there's the birthing pains and the carrying of nine months and what your body and your back and all of that goes through. It's hard. Women are incredible with what we can do with our bodies. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to adopting out of the foster care, there's no birth pains, but (laughs) there's all kind of your whole body aches sometimes with the ups and downs. Uh, We were very close to termination. um, And what that is, is when you go into adoption and a kid is ready to go from the foster care unit to the adoption unit, their parents' rights have to be relinquished or they have to be terminated. What termination means is the state has terminated the parents' rights. They no longer have any more rights. Relinquish means that the parents have agreed to give up their rights, but that means they can negotiate open adoptions and have a lot more options and have a little bit more say in what goes on with their child's life. If they don't do that and termination goes, then they lose everything. They don't have the right for an open adoption, none of that. So in our case mom came back into the picture bio mom bio mom came back into the picture after we were starting 
to get ready to head towards termination and she wanted to have her daughter back and my core belief i've had 26 children i've seen a lot of reunification i've seen a lot of things that haven't always gone but nobody talks about the wonderful side of reunification when families are brought back together so family perseverance what can you help me out? You're the English preservation. Teacher. Preservation, yes. Yeah. Family preservation is my <laughs> core belief. That's why even getting a divorce was so hard for me because I think families deserve to be together. But so when her mom came to me, I was devastated. I called Natalie just crying, and I yeah. Said, and can can I say? Um, I think Rachel, she loves the parents that have gotten their children taken away for neglect and abuse she loves those parents just as much as she loves the children they produced and it is really hard because a lot of people in the general population are very unkind and unloving to those people Mm -hmm. and so I think Rachel understands that those people a lot of them are foster kids themselves a lot of them came from abuse and are continuing the cycle and obviously as a foster parent one of her goals was to stop that cycle of abuse but she called me and this is where i'm like oh my goodness you know my phone was on one percent um that just tells you a little bit about my personality my (laughs) phone was on one percent and she calls me and she's sobbing and i'm just like oh my gosh what happened and um you know i love her daughter so much too and she tells me and in my human brain she says you know bio mom wants to come back and get her daughter back and but I just feel like this child is my daughter already and I just I was I my in my human brain I was like you need to fight you need to keep that woman from having this but then you know God softened my heart and and reminded me of all these stories in the Bible like you know um Joseph was in jail the day before he was second in command of an entire country like one of the most important countries of the world at the time and i just think what if we are a day away from our promise and i just said okay rachel i am here for you and you can rant to me and cry but we need to pray right now and you need to pray that god softens this woman's heart and that's the thing too is i had to tell god the reason we do foster care is to preserve families and if this mom is going to come back and fight for her daughter then i have to be supportive of that so it was my daughter's first birthday i got her really dressed up and put her in a little tutu in her first birthday outfit i took her to see her mom and they had that moment together this thing she carried her in her womb for the she was born premature but she carried her in her womb she felt that baby inside of her like there is a bond there that no matter what happens can never be taken away taken away sorry (laughs) the english teacher here later that night the mother called me and she was in despair and she had told me that she really wanted to try to be a mom but she knew she was not in a place and she said i can't believe i'm even saying this but I want you to adopt my daughter and she's like and she was devastated and she felt like a horrible person for even saying that and I told her I said this is the most selfless thing that you will do for your daughter you are sacrificing everything because you want her to have a better life and I said one day when she grows up she's gonna realize my mom loves me so much my bio mom loves me so much and because she loved me so much she sacrificed all she had in the world that 
that little girl was all she had. She had nothing else in this world. And that's what she did. And so I was able to pray with her and encourage her and let her know that God still loves her and that just because she's lost her daughter and she's given her up, that's not an excuse to continue to live her life the way she is, that because of her daughter, she needs to make better choices so she can be in her life. Because that's one thing is I am not opposed if her biological mother is in a safe place and wants to have a relationship with her. That does not threaten me at all. My daughter is my daughter. She knows I'm her mother. We are so close. She looks like me. Her personality is just like mine. It's so crazy. Like from an auntie's point of view, like most people who find out she's adopted are shocked. They're like, what? You know, and from my point of view, I'm, I, I forget sometimes that she's adopted because, you know, it's, it was so right for Rachel to be her mom. And, um, and Ariana's biological mother needed to feel that love too. Mm-hmm. And she probably had gone most of her life never knowing that God loved her and never knowing, you know, and I, I, you know, a lot of times we say give up a child for adoption. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's placing a child for adoption. You're the bio mother is sacrificing. Mm -hmm. Like that is the biggest sacrifice. And that child loses something too. They get to gain this whole beautiful family, but they are losing out on a lot too. Their culture, their extended family. So there is a loss that comes with adoption. I believe God's original plan is for families to be together too. Yeah. And but what Satan meant for harm, God always means for good and can bring that back Preach into it. full circle. Because if I didn't have Ariana, I really don't know where I would be at today. I probably wouldn't even be here today because she is my reason for everything that I do. The reason I want to be healthy, the reason why I live my life the way I do, the reason I get up in the morning sometimes is for her. When life gets so hard, I have this beautiful little girl that is sassy as can be too, but (laughs) who will wake up in the morning and I know that she needs me and I need her. And we have a very close relationship and I'm very thankful for that. We Mm -hmm. just moved, so we do not have, we're not fostering any kiddos right now, but I'm hoping after the holidays, I can get back in the process and relicense my new place and get licensed in the new state that I'm in and start fostering again because it has been something that has changed my life. It's easy to hear statistics. Oh, there's 400,000 foster kids in the world. It's easy to hear a number, a thrown out number. But when you have those faces, when you've seen a child come into your home who is scared half to death, they don't know, you don't know when the last time they ate, you don't know when the last time they had a hand laid on them, and you can bring them into your home and work on that felt safety and take down those walls and build love and build trust. And even if they go back, this is the hardest part is people say, I could never do that because I could never give my child back. Even if they go back, If it's a good environment and the parents get their stuff together, that is amazing. That is to be celebrated. That's a miracle. That is a miracle. But even if they go back to not the best situation, because that does happen and it just makes you sick and it makes you think about them all the time, they will know that there is something better out there for them. They will know that at one point in their life, this person gave me unconditional love. And because of that, it is worth 
all the heartache in the world to know that this child was loved unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to, in future podcasts and stuff, we're going to give you practical ways to help children in need. You know, one of our core beliefs is that it is um, pure and perfect religion to care for the widows and orphans. And, um, you know, we're going to give you some more practical tips because we know not every family and not every person is ready to take on a foster kid or to adopt right now in but there are lots and lots of ways to help we personally took a different version a different way towards parenthood through international adoption which is much more expensive and there's lots of lawyers and things like that whereas with foster care in most states uh the state will reimburse you for any lawyer fees you have Mm -hmm. to pay Um, international adoption is a little bit different um, but I just want to tell you guys about my little girl a little bit um, and why I know God brought her into our life Um, her we prayed and prayed and prayed and we uh, went through like 150 names I feel like for a girl for a boy we thought of a name within five minutes it's so funny we're like well if we get matched with a girl what are we going to name her and um, we finally got to a point um, where we named her Rosemary Uh, We were going to name her Rosemary, which means um, Bitter Rose. And, you know, I went back and forth. I'm like, that's kind of like not the nicest name. But like Rachel was saying, adoption is sometimes bittersweet. It's a tragedy that my daughter does not have is not living with her biological parents but it's also a miracle that she across the world was matched with us and she's going to have a great life um, because of that. And so and a lot of things she would not have. in India, uh, especially with some of the challenges, she was born blind um, in both of her eyes, and um, there was a chance that she was going to be blind for the rest of her life. And um, in India, you know, there's not as there's so many people in India, and their government is working on on healthcare systems. And but if you live in a rural part of India, uh, you might never see a doctor in your entire life. And much less an ophthalmologist who could treat her eye conditions um, and her parents must have made a very difficult decision and left her to be found at a hospital and that hospital was able to get her two eye surgeries and even though she got her eye surgeries kind of late in life um, like not that late in life because you know she's only two years old but later than she would have if she lived in the United States they would have treated it almost instantly um, but they were still kind of worried that she would be blind and miracle after miracle um she we believe she has sight in both of her eyes she might need some corrective lenses but um just in the united states she's gonna have access to all kinds of health care that she didn't have and doesn't have in india so that's miracle number one also um you know her the name we chose for her was rosemary bitter rose um when we got matched with her she had uh, the only thing her biological family gave her was a name we don't know anything about them we don't know how old they are we we don't even know where they lived all we know is they left her with a name and her name's serbi which in sanskrit means fragrance and i started crying when i looked that up because i knew that that was her name the fragrance of a bitter rose Mm. our little serbi rosemary because she is going to um be a fragrance to people and already without even having ever met her in real life she's my daughter i love her so much um and my husband loves her so much we think about her and pray for her every single day and we have been willing to pay 
so much money and and this is the cool thing too is like like that support system you cannot do it alone our friends have come and given us enormous donations like friends that we hadn't spoken to since college said here's a thousand dollars we're so excited for you to adopt and that is just one story of people just being incredibly generous and um, just taking care of us throughout this whole process. It's been really emotionally hard because, you know, we had paid all the fees. We were excited. We were ready to get matched with a child from Ethiopia. And we get a call one day that the country's closed, that no one else is leaving the country with their kids, and that door was closed and we didn't get any of our money back you know that didn't really matter to us at the time people asked us and they're like oh did you lose all your money and we're like oh I guess we did but that wasn't what we were sad about we were sad because we had I had this idea of this beautiful Ethiopian child and my mom our mom I guess um for Christmas one year got us this beautiful Ethiopian this local she had immigrated from uh from Ethiopia but she was an artist and she painted this beautiful little scene of a village in Ethiopia it's gorgeous and it's hanging in my kitchen so I can look at it all the time um, but for a while I kind of wanted to take it down and just hide it in a closet or maybe even get rid of it because it was so every time I looked at it I thought about that little baby that I wouldn't be getting now and um, and but I keep it up because it reminds me that uh, God opens crazy doors and uh, we might still someday get a child from Ethiopia. We never know. But even if we don't, it reminds me to pray for Ethiopia and think about their people and think about um, some of the issues that led them to closing their country for adoptions. And so. And can you speak to, I know you've gotten a lot of backlash from certain people. You've been got you've gotten a lot of positive from your close family and friends are very positive and even when you decided to still adopt internationally from india people were like uh why are you doing this this for the first time filled with ethiopia you're going to spend all this money again for india and first of all it's really i mean what we tell it's really nobody's business you wouldn't tell somebody who's like trying to conceive biologically like hey, why are you and your husband trying to conceive a child biologically? <laughs> it seems like, so weird. It's such a personal question. But I know you've had people be very negative and say, oh, there's children in our country. And I've said that even before. I've said, Natalie, there's 400,000 foster care children. 100,000 of them have rights terminated, ready to be adopted. Like, you wouldn't have to pay all this money. You could have a child tomorrow if you wanted. You know, not. it's not that quick of a process. But mm -hmm. all that waiting. So can you just kind of speak to that word? Where your heart is and why you've chosen to still stay on the path of international adoption even though the first time it didn't go through yeah and our story is atypical there's a lot of people who have been adopting for less time than us and have a child in their home so like don't don't go running for the hills if you're like oh i'm called to international adoption but it seems scary but let me talk on first what you were first saying rachel um it's hilarious because some of the things people ask me and I am just a really open person and I'm always going to be open. I mean, that's why part of why we're doing this podcast. I'm not ashamed. People be like, so why don't you have your own kids? And I'll be like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> especially because, you know, a lot of people who choose adoption went through infertility first. And I can't even imagine the pain and heartache that goes with that. But we chose it. It was our plan A when I, I think it was on our second date. I said, I want to adopt. I don't know if I want to have biological children, but I know that I want to adopt. Is that okay with you? It was one of my 
like deal breakers, deal breakers. Yeah. and Zachary was like yeah you know, well, and, and it's funny, people will ask me, like, do you have any real children? And it's like, well, my child is real. She's... None of these are imaginary. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you seeing kids that aren't here? Or are you ever <laughs> wanting to have your own children? And it's like, she is my own. One day I would like to have children biologically. I would like to have four or five, quite frankly. But it's funny when people ask, are you going to have any of your own children? Mm-hmm. It's like, when I love it when children ask about it, too. Because I think adoption used to be this, like taboo subject that people did not talk about and if you were adopted they hid it from you and we don't feel that way at all we think adoption is something to be celebrated is exciting i love how society is accepting it as a new normal um but yeah it's it's just funny to me the things that people ask and i usually tell them like funny responses like um you know just be like, no, our child is real. She's not imaginary. We didn't make her up. You know, things like that just to, to lighten the mood. And then people are like, oh, you know. And then, you know, at, when we know better, we do better, you know, especially. Yeah, people aren't trying to be offensive, yeah. you know. And if I let it offend me, that says more about me. And I do. I'm not perfect. I let it get under my skin. So let me give you an example. And this is where social media is amazing because, yay, it's opened so many doors, but it also... Um, it also, yeah, anyways, so I'm on social media, Facebook, and I'm just posting an update. We, when we changed to India, I said, I'm so excited. We're adopting from India now, you know, and just gave just nothing political. You know, I'm not very political on Facebook anyways. And someone posts a bunch of people are like, Hey, we're so excited for you. And then someone, one of my old friends from high school or something posts, um, why are you, I hate this, like these white people trying to go into these countries and save them. And just a really nasty comment, basically saying that, you know, my husband and I could help children close to home and we are, you know, wasting all this money to go help children in India. And it really hurt my feelings. But then when I really examined it, it came from a place of hurt. And, um, you know, my sister can attest to fostering is not always easy it's not easy to adopt and right now we were at a point where we had double income no kids and so we're like there's never going to be a time where we can afford international adoption and i you know as hard as foster care kids who are in foster care as hard as it is they do have a lot of resources to them that a child in india doesn't have um just an orphan in india their chance of surviving to the age of 10 is dismal you know where and you know here our foster system needs to be fixed we mm-hmm. need to do a lot and foster care is probably in our future um it's, we haven't signed off on it but we just knew there was never going to be another time in our lives where we could afford to adopt from a different country and where we would have the time and mental energy that's the other thing there's thousands of papers it takes like I don't have a law degree but I have an English degree and it was hard for me to understand some of this immigration paperwork I think when I have one or two running around at home and I'm a stay-at-home mom and trying to get everything done it's gonna be a lot harder to do that kind of mental work and so and also we felt God called us to it I from Mm -hmm. the time I was a child it's just been, I was going to go out. It's been spoken over me that I was going to go out into the world. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll be a missionary. And then it just never worked out for me to go on a mission trip. And then I realized, what is the greatest mission? Like C.S. Lewis said, I'm, I'm misquoting him, but basically to the effect that like the greatest calling may be to raise a child. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree with that. If we can change the world for one child, 
it'll be worth it. And now that we're matched with Serby, I'm like, I can't imagine any other baby. Mm-hmm. She's mine. Yep. Yeah. I loved it when Sandra Bullock was on that talk show and when she went to meet her baby for the first time and she looked at her baby and she said, she said it was like, oh, there you are. Like she just knew. Mm -hmm. And from the time I've had Ariana, she has been my child. And when she was placed with me, it was not a guarantee. And like I said, there was a lot going on in my marriage and my own husband at the time didn't want to adopt her, but I knew she was my child. And now look where we are. We're just having the time of our lives together. Two peas in a pod. Yeah. Well, that is our first show. It went a little bit longer. Natalie and I are definitely going to be working on our long-winded responses. Oh, my gosh. Um, but we are so excited to start this podcast. We're so excited to share our lives with you. And we hope you really enjoyed it. And we hope you all go out having a great weekend with your family. That was our first podcast for Instamamas. Thanks for giving us a listen and be sure to subscribe. If you want to know more about me, follow me on Fostering Health 89. And you can follow me, Natalie, on Natalie underscore Clean Living 1990. All right. Have a great day.